Absolute Radio Country is filled with the best sounds from Nashville 24 hours a day. But even we can't fit in everything. You'll find the full story right here. This is Country Music Talk, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of the world of country music. Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to the Country Music Talk podcast from all of your friends here at Absolute Radio Country. I'm Baylin Leonard, and today we're going to be celebrating two incredible artists. In 2019, Yola received four Grammy nominations, including Best New Artist for her debut album, Walk Through Fire. In 2021, she received nominations for Best Americana Album for Stand For Myself and Best American Roots Song for Diamond Studded Shoes, bringing the genre-fluid rising star's total Grammy nominations to six. Amazing. Now, I'm going to add a little disclaimer here. Yola and I have known each other for years. We first met when I was programming the showcases for the UK Americana Awards, and we've just been fast friends ever since um, and spent loads of time together both in the UK and in Nashville. Yola is now starring as Sister Rosetta Tharp in Baz Luhrmann's musical drama Elvis, which explores the life of Elvis Presley, played by Austin Butler. And it is eye-popping. Tom Hanks is in it, as well as Kelvin Harris Jr. and Alton Mason. It's an incredible movie, a phenomenal performance, and an amazing soundtrack, as you would imagine, which was rooted in Nashville. And Yola is here to tell us about it. This is the Country Music Talk Podcast from Absolute Radio Country. It's Absolute Radio Country. I'm Baylin Leonard, and I'm so pleased to have our next guest in the studio, multi-Grammy nominee, multi-award winner, and now star of uh, a film, Yola. Yes. Welcome. I know. Started acting, you'd have thunk it. Well, was it always on the cards? No. No? <laughs> well, you've always had a dramatic flair now. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've seen me drunk, so... Um, like... <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> um, yes, I have always had a dramatic flair, and it seems really obvious now. But, you know, I was slow on the uptake. I was really trying to, like, get one thing going. I didn't really think, I'm going to try and get five things going, but here I am. Well, you know, we've talked about this with your music before, yeah. about how you're like, okay, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do th We should say, we're talking about the eye-popping thrill ride, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. Yes, exactly. Uh, which I saw, and wow, you hop on that train, and you are not getting off of it until yeah. it ends. It's amazing. It really is amazing. And the thing that really gets me is that we don't get, like, the story of Elvis the human in any other guys in any other situation that we've experienced the Elvis story and this is the one that gives us Elvis the man instead of Elvis the kind of robo icon yeah instead of the no myth humanity. the legend you get exactly. you get like kind of the person yes behind the, person. the icon and you get how he grew up and what he was grounded in he grew up in the black community as a token white guy and so you're like oh so where does all this music come from and why is the origin of rock and roll? And you're like, okay, well, it's who I play, Sister Rosetta Tharp. Yeah, so tell us about Sister Rosetta Tharp because she's a quite a pivotal... Well, I guess she was like a, an epiphany for him almost. She was an epiphany for everybody. She invented rock and roll mm. and it's a real... I keep on describing it as like... 
if you want to get an idea of how important she is to popular culture, like I make it like a man in the high castle situation. You know when it's like if the Nazis won, this is what how America would have been carved up. Mm. This is a if Sister Rosetta Tharp didn't invent rock and roll and didn't discover the people she discovered, how much we'd be missing. Mm. And it's actually it would make great for like a post-apocalyptic kind of story. Because I was thinking, she discovered Little Richard, mm. as well as being the first person to distort the guitar, as well as being the first person to bend the string in a solo. And so all of the shredding and the distortion that we associate with the rock and roll aesthetic was her invention alone. You know, this could be said about so many different artists of colour through history, yeah. the foundation for so many genres mm-hmm. that on the base of it, people think of as started by white people. Yeah. It came from artists of color. I mean, you know, we're, we're sat here in absolute yeah. radio country. Country would not exist no. if it were not for artists of color. Same and for rock and roll. And we've talked about we exactly have. this at some length. About <laughs> Yes, we have. <laughs> we really have about the fiddle tradition and mm-hmm. how that started in the black community. Everything that we benefit from in contemporary music, we owe to black America. And we just need to be aware of that's the case. And no more is that prevalent than in this situation and the grounding of Elvis. Because he used to run home from school to listen to her whilst he was a kiddiewink. She was inventing rock and roll Mm. whilst he was a child. He grows up and is able to go to her night and... B.B. King's a similar age and he gets to show him around and they're in the circle. Little Little Richard is coming up at the same time. She discovers him. And, and he's amazing in the film, by and the way. So Alton is uh, yes. like a magical, magical human. And so obviously my character is showcasing him. I'm discovering him. That's like my role in that scene, as well as obviously delivering like a real thematic song. Do you find some parallels in kind of where you find yourself in your musical career now? Because, uh, you know, there's a community that forms around certain artists and certain like-minded artists come together and and help raise each other up. Yes. And I've seen that, you know, we've known each other for a long time and I've seen you do that. I'm seeing it happen to you. I'm always doing it. You know me. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Just gathering around like-minded people. Yeah, I've been trying to, especially just like in the community, really trying to uplift black people all the time be it just like hooking them up with someone that I work with Mm. or someone that I think they should be working with or just some advice or a support or an opening in a situation where I know they're going to get a lot of attention whatever I can do like especially with supports I've only had black supports Mm. that I've chosen like we've had people fill in for sure, sure over but I've always chosen black openers i'm really passionate about making sure that we're in all of these spaces and we're taking up space because it's something that i owe so much of my joy to the music that i've been that we we've all grown up on but like i've grown up on specifically i was so kind of connected to it for this sense of a touchstone of icons growing up in england you know and so that's something that's become really important for me to manifest and that's then shown in my career this record stand for myself and 
what it espouses is everything that I'm doing is this idea of standing in my authenticity and uplifting others. That's really what this this record is. And so to be playing Sister Rosetta Tharp and promoting this movie at the same time with a person who was known for being a showcaser mm. of black talent and just wanting to uplift in that same way, it seems really super parallel. Also, I was thinking about when I was watching the film and how Elvis is, he's pretty genreless. You know, yeah. he's Elvis, right? And mm. and people have asked me before, oh, do you play a lot of Elvis in country music? And I go, you know, oddly, we don't. Uh, I know, I, and right? I don't mean we, Absolute Radio Country. I mean the genre in yeah. general doesn't kind of embrace Elvis, even though there's a country foundation there as well yeah. as a rock and roll foundation. And I thought, well, he just kind of supersedes genre. Now, we've talked many times we. about your music and how you are genre fluid. Exactly. But the thing that I find interesting about kind of the parallel between you and Elvis is Elvis started out very much with a foundation of rock and roll or a, a traditional country thing that was creeping, gospel that was creeping in there and mm. then became this thing that was bigger than all that. You, you know, when we met, you had just made a gear shift from what you were doing before with some of your other music into authenticity of I might be a woman of color from Bristol, England, but I love roots and Americana and country and I'm gonna go that way had great success with that and then you're like oh i can spread my wings a little bit wider than this exactly. and now people can't really put you into a box i think that's really what you need mm. like I, I think that's what made elvis great yeah i think so many brits have really espoused that you think of the beatles they're not genre yeah. at all they're everywhere you think of like the Bee Gees. They really covered some space. Remember, like, Come To Me and mm. that whole To Whom It May Concern kind of record going into... I'm like, you couldn't get more broad given the kind of the time period that those two aesthetics of disco and To Whom It May Concern existed. Yeah, you name it. Elton, he's another real <laughs> obvious yeah. across space. I think it's a really, really British trait, actually, to be across a lot of space. And so, like, and everyone that I grew up on it, Freddie Mercury, all the cats that I grew up listening to who were, like, British greats, were just across it. Mm. And so it seems, and obviously we've talked about how radio over here is, is very different to how it is in the States. Yes. And so, you know, 90s radio was like, you got In Bloom and then Brownstone, <laughs> <laughs> yes. like, sandwiched together. I'm like, yeah, we will... This is this could be a radio show here in the 90s. And so that's so much of like my grounding is that I think I owe it to myself to tell the story of what my life was like instead of try and fit into some box because it makes someone feel comfortable, but it isn't necessarily true to my life experience. And doesn't make you feel comfortable. No, not, yeah. not at all. And so, yeah. It's Absolutely Radio Country. I'm Baylin Leonard. We're talking to Yola, who is in the new Baz Luhrmann. Biopic? Are we calling it a biopic about Elvis? I don't think we are. I think we're just calling it Elvis. Movie, musical adjacent, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just go see it because it also refuses to be put into a box just like you. It really does. Like, I I really love being involved with things that refuse to be put in boxes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's why we get along, Yola. I know, right? (laughs) Um, You know, thinking about, you were talking about kind of your journey there through your career and do you ever have a moment to reflect on it? Because, you know, sitting on the outside and having known you for as long as I've known you and been there from kind of the moment that you decided to embark on this side of your career, I am astounded by it. I'm not surprised by it. I'm not shocked by it. But I'm astounded by it because, you know, I remember 
the very first thing that we did together, I came around with, I think, an envelope of 50 pounds in it. Yeah. And you were so kind about it and instantly shared it with your band. Yeah. And that was the moment. And believe me, I had to give a lot of people 50 pounds that night and not everybody had that reaction, Yola. No. And so when you had that reaction (laughs) and said, these boys work so hard, and this was for an Americana thing. It wasn't just me doling out 50 pounds, I should point out. But you shared it with your band. And, you know, that was the moment I thought, oh, wow, she gets it. She gets this was an opportunity. This isn't about necessarily making big bank at the moment because I'm going somewhere and I'm going to pay the people who've supported me in this. Yeah. Well, I decided to be my own rich daddy at that point. Mm. Um, I'd written a business plan. And in this country, more than most that I've been through in my time, you've got to joust with trust fund kids. Let's be real. And we've sure. both been poor, so we both know what it is. Yeah. And like, <laughs> we've had that conversation. <laughs> yeah, and, yes. And... Yeah, I get it that I try and not be part of the problem for other poor people. Mm. If you need money and we work together and you're bringing the skills and you're being supportive, then I need to respect your time and not be like, oh, this is an opportunity and you can just like survive on can of beans and I'm going to just gather everything for myself. I try and be as, I suppose, fair as possible. Also, I wrote a business plan and my mum had passed If you remember, and like I basically used that as my runway. So I wasn't just kind of doling out that function as buyout for us, for example. So everyone could just have tenor towards some food or whatever. Yeah. But I would then, I, I was putting like a bunch on top and my runway was designed to make sure that everyone was paid right from the jump before I could get like a decent fee, you know, anything. My first gig was like 500 quid or something. And I'm like, well, that just gives everyone a wanna and I've got to get a van and all that other stuff myself. And so that's what it was. I knew I was going to have to get an idea of like how I was going to structure this runway up until signing. And it did segue, dovetail me, to signing with Easy Eye like that. And so nothing that I've done hasn't been strategic and it hasn't been without considering what it's like to be working class in this country. Mm. Because that's not what we deal with. A number of times, it's like Tarquins on base. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my God. Like, have you ever even lived? People that have never had bill anxiety, people that have never yeah. got home and felt like that horrible feeling when you just don't want to open the letter. Yeah. We've all had this, right? I'm or or gotten the... super nervous when your phone rings because yeah. you don't immediately think it's a friend or, or somebody. Or you know. because it's like bailiffs and yeah. all that business. Some people have never had that feeling. Can you imagine? And so many of us have. Mm. And so I really don't want to be in a situation where I can only work with trust fund kids because I ain't paying nothing, but they can just like survive off daddy. And that's what happens. Like people, they'll survive that way. It's like, it's all right. Daddy's got me. So you, you you were your own daddy. I was. I wrote a pop song, a co-wrote pop song with Sub Focus. And then I did a vocal on a Duke Dumont track that got to number two here and in the States. And between that and what I got from my mum's house when she passed, I kind of, that was my runway slash living expense. And it's worked out. And it really worked. It got me to signing. So and what's next? It, it, you know, you've been strategic throughout this Endlessly. entire thing. And and do you, because some people would, would have this big plan, get to where you are and go, oh, it's working now. Let it self-perpetuate and keep rolling. But I'm assuming that you are like, okay, this is what's next. This is what's next. Kind of, yeah. I'm out of contract, finished up with Easy Eye, and I'm like, I need a break. So I'm going to actually Ooh. go on holiday. You're going to go on ho- Where are you going to go? 
uh, do you know what? I'm going to go to Barbados because yes. my late mother is from Barbados and I'm going to go Ghana because my late father's from Ghana. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. And so that's what I want to do. I want to go to both of those places at some point. Um, and that's going to be a lot of things. That's going to be obviously beautiful and amazing and rejuvenating. But also I'd imagine, um, you, you know, there'll be some baggage to unpack there. As yeah, well. just so much to do yeah. um, emotionally. Yeah. And especially because I've always been poor and then not been able to go anywhere. And I grew up poor. So it's not like our family just went places. Didn't have anything. And then, like, when I finally got money, I never had time. Yeah, that's how <laughs> it works, so, isn't it? That's, that's always how it works. And every time that I even had, like, a little bump in funds, like, wrote a song for, like, Will Young, that kind of gave me a little bump, but only just enough to keep going, not enough to be like, oh, I'm flush and I can just live, live. You know, it was like, I've been poor for so long, I just had so much debt. And so... <laughs> so now you're going to live, live? Yeah. So I've, I find it a point where I can actually take time and feasibly have a break and then get back to it and Enjoy still it. be fine. You deserve it. Hey, it's been a long time coming, it Lou. It absolutely has been a long time coming, <laughs> and uh, it's here now, so know, enjoy right? it. And we should say you're on the soundtrack as well for I Elvis. I am. We did the soundtrack first. This is like did a you? thing. Baz does like a soundtrack first. He's so music forward. He's so yeah. like, I love music. Music is my life. So he was in Nashville, me and Dave Cobb. Um, oh, yeah. So Dave's doing the soundtrack. And then um, you've got just like Hit and Squad from Nashville. Do you know what I mean? Shannon Saunders is like taking him around the churches to do, you know, he's like background in doing music for India RE, mm -hmm. now head creative at BMI over there. Mm -hmm. But that was either side in the middle. He did this movie. <laughs> so cool. Music first. Yes. And um, yeah, so he's doing the choirs and then he's the pastor in the movie as well in that little tent Oh, is, okay. Yeah, we love Shannon. And then like we've got Shonka and she's like local as well. She doesn't live far from us either over in Nashville. And so a lot of the crew came from Nashville. And so that was something that was like, I knew that it was going to be treated in a certain way. I knew if Dave's at the helm, it's yeah. going to be very sensitive, Legend. you know, and very organic. Because he's got such a, like, a organic sound. If you know Chris Stapleton. Well, I started to say, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he's had his hands on so many yeah. of the and we know albums how, that we love. how he can make something just warm and luscious. And so, yeah, it was just a really easy thing and Baz and Austin were in because Austin laid vocals as well who is Elvis and he is amazing yeah right he's phenomenal yeah he really is great and he really committed and he's like I don't have this massive background in singing but I'm I'm just keeping absorbing absorbing learning absorbing and he his commitment level everyone had to have commitment level 9000 because everyone was doing something they hadn't done before mm, out of the comfort zone yeah like I was shredding and you know I'm a rhythm player yeah, yes but you did <laughs> It. Yeah, I know, right? And, and has that changed like, how you approach your music now? Kind of no. Like, okay. <laughs> there's one thing, like, I've, it's funny. So, my mate Kit, you know Kit well. Yeah. And um, he's like, here's the thing. I don't get paper note. And I'm like, babe, you don't. And he goes, this is the cold-blooded reality of, like, learning. And you know how Kit plays. Mm. He's an otherworldly kind of player. And he's like, yeah, it hasn't done me any good. I could have just strummed some chords and been exactly the same. I'm like, yeah, no, but also m maybe you're half right. But for the artist role, very much so. It's enough for expression. It's something mm. that allows me to kind of feel a bit more comfortable in what I do now already. Because I only picked up the guitar in like, what, 2014, mm. 2013, 2014. And so it makes me feel really 
comfortable in what I'm doing, as opposed to now I'm going to spend all this time not just shredding, but keeping it up. If anyone plays violin, they'll know that you can't let it drop. You've got to be doing it all the time because the second your mobility goes or your intonation goes, you sound like a bunch of cats. And with movement soloing, it's a similar kind of thing. You can't just let it drop because then you just don't have it. So you've got to be doing that all the time. And my schedule is really like, yeah. Well, take the time off in Barbados. Yeah. Don't do I'll it I'll take then. a guitar to Barbados. How about that? Uh, Yola, I love you. <laughs> Thank you for coming in. I really do. I love you. Thanks for having me, man. And go see Elvis because it's going to blow your mind. And yeah, uh, guys, keep listening to Yola and we'll keep, obviously, we'll keep playing you. Thank you. Yay. Good thanks. to see you. The Country Music Talk podcast from Absolute Radio Country. An in-depth look behind the scenes at the world of country music. Oh, so great to have Yola in the studio chatting with me about the incredible movie Elvis. Really interesting to hear more about her story and also hear about the soundtrack for the movie, which was recorded in Nashville. You can see country music just spreads far and wide. I've got to thank you for listening to this episode. It really does mean a lot. And remember, we're here every day on Absolute Radio Country across the UK. Just tell your smart speaker to play Absolute Radio Country. And I'll see you on the next edition. Remember, keep it country. If you enjoy the Country Music Talk podcast, chances are you'll also enjoy Absolute Radio Country. It's the place where real music matters, and we love country music just as much as you do. You'll find us online on the free Absolute Radio app on digital radio throughout the UK, or just ask your smart speaker to play Absolute Radio Country. 